good day. Thank you for joining me for this week in cricket history. And it is week starting January the 16th. On January the 16th, 2017, Bangladesh made 595 for 8 declared in Wellington. It became the highest total made by a team that went on to lose the test match after England bowled them out for 160 in their second innings and Kane Williamson gunned down the target of 217 inside 40 overs. And on January the 16th, 2016, Stuart Broad took 6 for 17 to dismiss South Africa for 83 in Johannesburg. And at one stage he had taken five wickets for just one run. On January the 17th, 1926, one of the three W's was born. Clyde Walcott. The other two being Everton Weeks and Frank Worrell. Clyde Walcott was knighted in 1994. Everton Weeks was in 95 and Frank Worrell was knighted in 1964, shortly before he died. Three magnificent cricketers. No other team can boast of having three knights batting at numbers 3, 4 and 5. On January the 18th, 2015, A.B. de Villiers scored the fastest one-day hundred, taking just 36 balls. Uh, his 50 took just 16. Hashem Ambler and Riley Rousseau also got hundreds in that innings, and it was the first time three men have scored centuries in the same ODI. South Africa totaled 439 and the West Indies could only manage 291 for 7. January the 18th, 1999 was a black day for a once proud cricketing nation. West Indies were beaten by 351 runs in the fifth test against South Africa in Centurion to complete a miserable 0-5 whitewash, their first in their history. January the 19th, 1922, an incredible run machine was born. At the age of 18, Arthur Morris became the first man to make a century in both innings of his first-class de debut. So it was no surprise that on his first tests against England in the 46-47 tour that he made three hundreds in the first four tests. He was vulnerable to Alec Bedser, who dismissed him 18 times, which was a test record until Glenn McGrath went on one better, dismissing Mike Atherton for the 19th time in 2001. And on January the 19th, 1930, it was the birth of the only South African to play 50 tests in the days before isolation, 
and it was Johnny Waite, the wicketkeeper. He hit four test centuries and, and had an average of just over 30. January the 20th, 1977, Paul Adams, who bowled like a frog in a blender, was born. He became South Africa's youngest test cricketer. He played 45 tests, taking 134 wickets. And on January the 20th, 1967, was the test debut for Mike Proctor, who took 3 for 27 and 4 for 71 in the third test against Australia in Durban. Sadly, he played just seven tests, taking 41 wickets at an average of just over 15 runs per wicket. He finished up with 1,417 first-class crickets, first-class wickets. On January the 21st, 1991, David Gower and John Morris took a Tiger Moth and buzzed the Carrara Oval where England were playing at Queensland. January the 22nd, 1970, saw the start of a potentially great test career, but one that finished within seven weeks. Barry Richards made his debut in the first test against Australia in Cape Town, and the other debutants were fellow Durban High School old boys, Lee Irvine, Dennis Gamsey, and then there was Graham Chevalier of Cape Town. January the 23rd, 1952, was the birth of Omar Henry. In some circles, he's regarded as the first non-white international cricketer in South Africa, but he was only the first non-white after isolation. Because if we go back to 1912, Charles Llewellyn was also a non-white and he played for South Africa and his is an interesting story. January the 23rd, 1995, a great display from Fani de Villiers for South Africa against Pakistan at the Wanderers. He smashed 66 of 68 balls and then had a match analysis of 6 for 81 and 4 for 27 as South Africa won the test by 324 runs. January the 24th, 1950, a remarkable test match ended in Durban. South Africa had scored 311 with Eric Rowan scoring 143 and then bowled Australia out for 75 but chose not to enforce the follow-on and were then bowled out for 99 and thanks to a brilliant 155 not out by Neil Harvey Australia went on to win. And January the 24th was the death in 1872 
at the age of 65 of William Webb Ellis. His cricketing glory was limited to one first-class appearance in the varsity match of, 19, of 1827, but he was guaranteed a place in history as the father of rugby, having in 1823 picked up the ball at rugby school and ran. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the day.